Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. Anyone who want to learn more about UX, user experience, it's better to be with us on this podcast and learn a lot. So I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Luca. How are you? Yo, hello. Hello, everyone. I'm very, very excited to be here with uh, all of you today. And we're getting close to the weekend, so it's a very nice time to... I learned a little bit more about SEO. Yeah, nice, nice. You know, uh, I didn't try to pronounce your second name because I'm Ukrainian. No, for me, it's it's really hard to pronounce any names. But, you know, before we start, you can tell more about your uh, first, second name, uh, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about user experience. Yeah, okay. My surname is something that lots of people struggle with. And uh, it, it's a typical Italian surname. Italia Ferro actually means iron cut. So it's a blacksmith. I, I think from what my parents told me when I was a kid is that one, one of my ancestors, I think my grandfather or something like that, he used to be a blacksmith. And people used to call him like the iron cutter. Uh, and uh, that's why uh, the surname, you know, uh, it's typical in Italy to have a surname uh, next to your job. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, that's what you, people used to call you by, by, by your job. Uh, if you were a doctor, you probably your surname probably has something to do with medicine or things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's difficult to pronunciate and difficult to write, and I always have to spell it, and it takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm originally from Italy. Probably, probably you can tell from my strong accent, but I've been living in the UK for uh, 12 years now. I came nice. here to do my master's degree in digital marketing at the University of Portsmouth which is the most famous university in Portsmouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> outside Portsmouth knows it, but yeah. And then uh, from there, I, um, I was employed as an, as an affiliate marketer in one of the fastest growing startups in, um, here in England. Uh, and uh, my job was to recruit uh, new affiliates and to make deals with these affiliates and start to um, get traffic and sales for the for the software that we were selling at the time, and I came to manage a budget of half a million a month in affiliate uh, commissions. So it was kind of a very stressful job, and um, uh, and this is how I started to do SEO back in 2012, because I noticed a lot of my affiliates, the best ones actually, the ones that made the most money, uh, they were all SEO experts. Okay. So they were able to rank for very competitive keywords in the space and um, and have their own website and their own uh, reviews, product reviews. Uh, and then I said, okay, so this is something that I can learn on my own. So I started to build my own website in uh, ranking um, uh, cloud storage solutions like Dropbox, Google Drive, and uh, pCloud, and lots of other storage uh, solutions for the web. And I built my own website from scratch. I wrote a lot of content, about 100 reviews, and it started to rank on Google very nicely. Um, and this is how I basically started the SEO with my own, uh, my own blog. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't plan to work in SEO, but, but then 
I was offered the job as an SEO manager in an agency in London. Then, you know, I started to work with bigger clients. And, um, and from there, I went, uh, I went on bigger and bigger clients. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and now I'm a consultant. Uh, so I work with different companies here in the UK. So, yeah, this is my background, affiliate marketing and SEO together. I found that all ACOs have interesting experience because we can't get these uh, skills. I don't know probably about today, but uh, many years ago, uh, we didn't have any education about ACO in university, college, uh, at any places. And most uh, specialists uh, come from different niches, you know, try something different but uh seo brings more traffic than any other channel <laughs> that's why uh yeah we join uh, seo community and uh, i think you know uh, all our audience will struggle with two uh, uh, pronunciations yours and mine <laughs> but it's more important to get value value is more important than anything else uh, it's fuel uh, of our skills uh, and i have uh, the first question for you about user experience uh, i remember like uh, 10 years ago when i started my seo journey i didn't consider ux because uh, we created content for uh, search engines. Uh, I bought more backlinks than my competitors had and Google ran well on my websites. Uh, copywriters wrote content even, no, no, they didn't uh, write. They uh, re rewrote content from the top 10 results and Google ran well. Today it's not. So uh, Google changed the game. Uh, it's hard to game the system, to manipulate it. And today uh, I pay more attention to UX than SEO foundation uh, and I tell my clients forget about SEO, forget about Google, forget about search engines, think more about human beings. Can you tell where to start, uh, what to do first? For example, if I have a website, I need to optimize with UX to increase, uh, uh, to retain audience longer, to uh, decrease balance rate and many other stuff. What I need to do? Right. So you need to um, think about a bigger vision of SEO. So get out of your website, stop thinking about your website and think about your brand, your company and the industry where the company is. So this is this is the landscape where your industry is, where your company is. Okay, so this means uh, you need to look at things like branded search. When people type, uh, you know, the company name and they go there, you need to think about uh, pogo sticking and dwell time. Pogo sticking is a concept that explains the user behavior on search engines. So when I search something on Google and I land on a, on a page, then I go back to, to Google because I didn't find that uh, page uh, to be very useful for my question. So I go back to Google and I try to find another one that can answer my question. So that's the pogo sticking, the jumping back and forth from one website to another. Google is reading that signal and his, and his, uh, his algorithms are thinking like, okay, something is wrong with this website because this user went from Google to a page, then he stayed there two seconds, didn't find anything, went back to Google, clicked on another search result, went back there, clicked on another one and so on and so forth. Um, 
And there is actually a way to measure that with Google Tag Manager. It's very, very technical, but it can, you know, it's difficult to explain it here in this stage, but I have a guide on my blog to, to explain it step by step, exactly what you need to do to calculate um, this pogo sticking and dwell time. So the time that people uh, stay on your uh, page after they land from Google, okay? So it's different than bounce rate. It's not the same thing. It's not the same as page, uh, average page time or all the other metrics you find on Google Analytics because it doesn't exist in Google Analytics. It's not one of the custom, uh, the default metrics. You have to build it, uh, you have to customize it. And that is very interesting because you can understand um, how long people stay after they land from Google to your page and whether they go back uh, to Google. So you can see actually the, the, the time, for example, 20 seconds, a minute. And that gives you an idea whether people actually like your page and they interact with it. And the other metric that you can calculate together with it is the, um, is, is the page scroll. So combined, the page scroll and the dwell time can give you a very good idea of what uh, users, uh, how users are interacting with your content, no? So um, of course, this is not a complete picture you need to also understand the use like tools like um, user testing tools like Hotjar, Itmaps, uh, Crazy Egg, uh, all these tools that uh, tell you exactly uh, where people are clicking. Um, and um, you know, you might find that, for example, there was a case study I wrote for, for SEMrush a few years ago, uh, where um, uh, people were clicking on. Um, uh, on, on some kind of uh, text that looked like, like, like a click, but it wasn't a click. It looked like a click, but it wasn't. So people were clicking there and getting frustrated. It was a very frustrating experience. Um, then we, with the heat map, we um, actually made that text as a click, and we optimized the whole page to have a, a much clearer uh, visualization of what is a click and what is not. So um, that, that improvement alone coming from uh, from from a heat map uh, increased the ranking it was amazing we didn't change anything else but we just made it clear to the user this is what you can click that's not a click okay uh, this is a piece of text this is a button this is um, uh, like a, a menu this so basic stuff like this that makes make a difference but you can only see them with a heat map mm -hmm. um, and there are lots of other tools you can use um, there is a tool that measures the, the mouse interaction on your page. Um, typical tools that usually web designers use when they build a website. But uh, web design is a very important component of SEO. So, you know, you need to uh, become a little bit of a web designer yourself <laughs> and, uh, and maybe socialize and get friends with your web designer in your company. and. Um, and try to work it out, basically. Uh, so I would recommend people to make friends, you know, with the, with the rest of the company. Uh, web designers, web developers, uh, understand uh, their problems, what they're trying to solve. Because at the end of the day, uh, SEO is not just one thing. It's, it, you know, it's a combination of different elements working together. Yeah, I know about that. I think, uh, you know, uh, for creating high quality content, uh, you need to have a team, uh, copywriter, editor, 
content manager, designer, web developer, SEO specialist, probably someone else. Uh, so yeah, uh, web content is, is quite difficult today because of competition. Yeah, 10 years ago, I had a copywriter who wrote and submitted content. Today, uh, I compared my speed to uh, submit content on WordPress with uh, content managers who do this job daily, every single day, and they beat me six times. You know? <laughs> they can uh, submit content six times faster, and uh, uh, this content looks much better because they have experience you know, to do this job. Uh, so that's why I think you know uh, today uh, it's very important if you create content to have a team of specialists who can do it, you know, who can minimize time, especially when you have a lot of content. Let's talk about uh, another aspect that uh, many webmasters ignore, uh, simplicity. Now, uh, let me tell why. Um, I see when uh, webmasters are trying to sell a lot of products from uh, the main page, from home page. Uh, uh, replicating Amazon, many other websites, but Amazon uh, has data. You know, uh, Amazon can personalize experience. For example, if I buy on Amazon, Amazon knows. Uh, so for, it's better for me to show such products. Uh, most websites can't uh, get using data like Amazon and they need to show home page for uh, anyone you know or uh, probably their customers uh, and uh, they submit a lot of products catalogs and uh, compared to Amazon Amazon sells a billion products a lot of products uh, I'm not yeah. sure that many websites can sell even uh, close to this number uh, that's why I like apple.com you know when I open apple.com I see a only iPhone that's it. If I scroll down, I see another iPhone. Uh, very simple. You know, uh, Apple uh, uses spaces from left side, from right side. Uh, not a lot of text make difference. You know, simple quotes, uh, nice looking pictures. Apple doesn't try to sell MacBooks, uh, AirPods, Apple Watches, many other products. Uh, iTunes uh, has a lot of applications, but Amazon, uh, Apple pays attention to uh, best-selling product. Can you tell about simplicity? How to simplify content if uh, we want to get ranking on Google? Because probably Apple doesn't need to get SEO uh, <laughs> because of this branding, uh, strong brand recognition, but many websites need it. So we need to find the balance between Amazon, uh, Apple, and many other products, but simplify experience because most customers, if they don't understand content, they bounce, forget, and uh, find something else. Yeah, I think it's very important for customers, like you say, to understand the content. They need to understand the brand. So they need to understand what you're selling, right? If, you're, if you are an online pharmacy, I'm working with an online pharmacy at the moment, and they sell uh, more than 10,000 products. Uh, they are not their brand. They are different brands, but they sell it on their website. So how do you make that experience simple? So basically, this online pharmacy... Um, understand what people are trying to buy there for what whatever reason. For example, you go online pharmacy for uh, because it's a discrete experience. You know, you might buy some products that are very, um, how do you say, uh, it's embarrassing to buy them in person. So you go on the, on, online and you buy them online. So they know that. Uh, and they simplify the experience. 
for these people who are trying to look for uh, for uh, discrete products to buy, uh, things like I don't know condoms or uh, you know things for women, um, this kind of uh, products that are, are embarrassing to buy on a, on a, on a <laughs> personal experience in a real shop. So you you need to simply you you need to make clear to people what you're selling first of all. So which means you need to know your audience. You need to know what your audience wants. Uh, so it might be that you have a best-selling product, uh, and then you, you you want to push the product more, or maybe there are cases where you're launching a new product, so you you can make that very simple on the homepage, launching a new product. Like a lo- lot of companies now, it's Black Friday, and that's what they're showing on the homepage. They show only Black Friday products because they know, uh, you know, they're gonna sell more this way. Um, and um, and when it comes to content. Uh, you can use your blog to support the product pages. So what what I like to do is, for example, produce educational content um, around the industry. So, for example, there is a company I work with as well that makes personal training courses. Okay, so because we rank number one for personal training courses in the UK, uh, uh, that's the most selling page, and that's the money page. But I think about my audience and I think about the problems that they have. I'm like, why do they want to become personal trainers? And I answer this question in different blog posts. Some people wanted to become fitness influencers, right? Because they want to be big on social media, so they need to become personal trainers. Other people, for example, are uh, uh, single parents who want a side job as a personal trainer. So you need to, to cater for those ones. So the product is always personal trainer. It's very simple. But how do you get traffic to that page can happen in different ways through the blog. So um, you, you, you have to get out a little bit of your uh, product and think more like the user desires, a user pains, uh, a user dreams, what they dream to do when, when they buy it. What's the end uh, solution that they're trying to buy? They want to buy a new career. They want to buy... A new, uh, a new job, you know. So maybe they're changing career. So all these things can be clarified with your content, and it's not difficult to make them. It's just content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting that uh, my dogs always take part in my podcast. You know, <laughs> uh, they make what some noise. If they do- <laughs> yeah, if they don't understand something, they make noise, you know. But my cat, you know, just listening, that's it, you know, <laughs> without any noise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe I said something wrong, your dog doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, my do- dogs want to explain something different. No, uh, I found yeah, that many SEOs, yeah, many SEO specialists have their uh, will work in my efforts, that's okay. I can't tell that something is wrong or right. It depends, you know, yeah, depends on your strong side. And you mentioned about uh, another aspect uh, that I like a lot, uh, personalization. Let's talk about that. Can you tell how to personalize experience today? Uh, because most customers are impatient. They want to get what they want to get. They, uh, For example, uh, uh, many years ago when I started my online shop, uh, I created content, e-commerce content for all pages. You know, Google ranked up 
uh, it doesn't matter what kind of intent was. Uh, I just uh, bought more backlinks and Google ranked my e-commerce pages. Today it's not. Uh, you can't cheat system like this. Uh, and uh, even if you consider user intent, you need to personalize experience. For example, if I ask, uh, I don't know, PhD uh, with uh, a few decades of experience uh, to write content ob about online games. If uh, these people can, uh, don't play these games, they can create awesome content for kids who are playing on these games. Uh, that's why I think it's important to consider uh, experience in specific topic and to know your audience. Can you tell more about personalization? Right, so the concept of personalization um, is different. So it can be like uh, the one that Amazon use, for example. So they personalize your experience because they track it uh, with cookies. So they know what you visited before. And if you bought a video game for PlayStation 4, uh, next time you log in, uh, they, they know that you are interested in video games from uh, PlayStation 4, for example. Uh, which is what I did uh, like uh, an hour ago. I bought uh, myself a new PlayStation 4 game, <laughs> which I love playing in the weekends. Uh, and now they show me all sorts of games. So that's one personalization. Um, but for, for, for websites that don't have that capa capacity, capability and uh, resources to build something like that, um, personalization is um, created with, with, with the content funnels. Uh, a little bit of what I was explained before, when um, we um, write content for different type of audiences, okay? So this can be personalized to your specific situation. So again, if you want to become a personal trainer, people have different uh, reasons why they want to do it. So the content needs to be personalized for your uh, specific situation. Like I said, you want to become... Um, a personal trainer because you want to become a fitness influencer that's one reason so you need to find content around that that is personalized to you um, things around uh, you know how to use social media how to learn from other influencers in the space uh, how to build uh, your uh, social profile uh, and uh, increase your following this is all personalized content that at the end of the day will help you sell your uh, personal training courses. Uh, some of the people might do it for different reasons uh, because they want to change career. So if someone works in a bank for 10 years and is very, very stressed, he decided to leave the bank uh, job and you know become a personal trainer. Uh, and uh, in that case, they need content about how to change careers, what are the best courses to change career. Uh, without going to the university, because, you know, when you change career, you don't go to uni usually. Uh, so that's another example of personalize the content for that. And um, you don't need any technical skills for it. You know, you just need a very good uh, content writer uh, that can think about this kind of uh, topics and write it on your blog. And then you need to target the keywords that are appealing to these people. And that's another example of personalization. Um, so your website can cater for uh, different different industries. What I also like to think about is personalization for um, another type of audience, which is not your customers. Uh, you might say, okay, but why would I do that if it doesn't make me any money? Because the value of SEO is not it's not just about revenue. Okay, there are also uh, lots of other things you can achieve 
like for example increasing the website authority with backlinks so as you know today um i just shared on my linkedin profile for example the uh, forbes mentioned my research i wrote a research um, two years ago an original research and, and yesterday forbes um, mentioned my name and it gave me a link to my blog which is amazing you know so what this means means that i write content for journalists because this forbes journalist was writing something about um marketing so my my content was ranking on top of search engines this journalist found it uh they they linked to it and job done so i don't make any direct money or new customers from that but now i can say that i was featured on forbes.com and that's another type of content that you can personalize to a completely different audience especially when a website is new and doesn't have any authority it's not amazon you know it's a brand new website uh, in that case you need to to think about also journalists and you need to think about the media how to get in, in front of the media uh, how to increase your authority in the space that's another example of yeah personalized content for uh, for journalists in this case yeah love it love it okay let's talk more about forbes you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm okay, interested about <laughs> about this topic i think you know if you can create link worthy content news worthy content yeah journalists can take it and a link to your website that's awesome uh this backlinks work better than any other link building techniques because you earn this backlinks naturally can you tell how to create such content you mentioned about research uh show uh show your way to create research for the sake of earning backlinks naturally uh how to find topics uh how to craft this research uh, anything about that uh, spending time uh, crafting data uniting data anything right great so um it's good that you ask me because i actually also published the you know the the whole guide on, on, on my blog so i'm going to take all the information from there because um three years ago uh one one of my blog posts just one not the whole website just one of my blog posts goes got 120 linking domains and 3000 backlinks just one of them uh, because when when um when what sorry let me close the window here a bit too loud um sorry about that That's so okay. basically my methodology is this you need to think about uh, original research about something that uh, people would share uh, because people love statistics they love research they love numbers okay so they love to know uh, what's the cost of uh, i don't know uh, what's the cost of uh, pizza for example in new york just to think about the most stupid example but people love statistics and they and and, and, and the other benefit of talking about statistics is that statistics they change every year if you write something today in two years it's old you need to do it again and that's great because this means that there is an unlimited supply of ideas that you can have right so that's why for example um a guy called andy cristodina who runs uh, orbit media a big uh, content uh, website he publishes his blogging survey every year 
So, you know, uh, now he, he got to the number seven or eight, I think it is, annual uh, blog, blogging survey. This means that every year this guy is interviewing people uh, about the state of blogging in the, the blogging industry and is getting new information out every year. And people share it, you know. He has uh, more than 3,000 shares. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, other blogs. Um, so the way I do it is that I discover a winning subject, a winning topic, a topic that people don't talk about it often, you know. So one example was that worked very well for me uh, was uh, what is the value of um, guest posting in marketing? What is the return on investment? Why people do it? Why people spend so much time uh, writing for big blogs like Moz, like SEMrush, like HubSpot? Why? You know, uh, and, and then people think, yeah, because I want a backlink. No, it's not that the reason. So I went out and I interviewed 30 SEO experts like big names like Rand Fishkin, um, Alexandra Tachalova, um, and, and lots of other people. Uh, I, I got the data together. I put this data and their answers into a blog post. I used uh, uh, you know, Excel to build the graphs and, 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 and the percentages of their answers. And, um, and yeah, and I got myself a very nice original research uh, with these people who are expert in the industry and guess what they all shared it because they mentioned because i mentioned their names i i i thank them you know for for, for their contribution and they shared it on moz they shared it on semrush he went uh, on forbes uh, yesterday um so people like to share especially when when they are involved into the research so it's called ego bait there is a specific word, ego bait. <laughs> Basically, you leverage their ego. You know, they everybody likes to be uh, mentioned or cited or linked to. Uh, if you do that, people are happy and they share it. Um, so this is one one technique that you can use. But first of all, like I said, you need to start with uh, with, with with the topic that people are actually interested in. I, this is this has nothing to do with keyword research okay i'm not looking after big keywords here i don't care uh if this keyword has like 10 searches a month fine that doesn't matter to me what matters is that i will get the links and then i will get people to read it from the beginning to the end um and people share it and they like it and they learn something new. So I look like, you know, uh, I'm the expert in this field uh, because I increase my authority by sharing uh, exclusive information. And these people look great as well because they contribute to an original piece of research. Um, so you need to become friends with people and, uh, and um, ask for help. Luckily, we work in an industry that uh, it's easy to, you know, to, to share opinions and, uh, and tactics. So SEO is, is very good from that point of view. Nice, nice. Awesome. Uh, can you tell about outreach? For example, if uh, I need to ask an opinion from Rand Fishkin, Alexander Tachalva, Neil Pato, many others, uh, how to reach out them and give them a solid reason to take part 
on this uh, poll because I know these people are busy. They have no time to reply to all the requests. Most of them are ignored. But personalization and building uh, relationships is key. You know, yeah, if you uh, provide something valuable, unique, interesting to them, because it's not about your uh it's more about uh they can share their opinion and earn extra uh brand awareness to their personal brands uh corporate brands can you tell about outreach how to reach out to such people uh, uh look i don't have too many um tips here to give unfortunately because some people answer some people don't uh, for example i reached out to neil patel many times and never got an answer but I, I reached out to Rand Fishkin and I got an answer after five minutes. It depends. Uh, some people are more open, more available. Other people are not. Um, but I don't believe uh, that you have to have like a perfect crafted email or anything like that, you know, because if you if you search for how to out, outreach someone on Google, you're going to get uh, results about uh, how to write your email. It's nothing to do with that, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has to do with the with the quality of your research. If if the topic is of interest, they will reply. Because, for example, Rand Fishkin was very interested in in in, in learning more about the the um, the value of guest posting. Because at that time he was working at Moz, uh, and uh, he, he did a lot of guest posting early in his career. And his audience on Twitter, he has like four hundred and fifty thousand followers. Also, is very interested in that, right? So he thought, yeah, Luca can do the research for me for free. <laughs> he doesn't have to do anything. He just get the, the research done, and then he can share it on, on Twitter. So for him, it was like a no-brainer. You have to have like an offer to begin with, you know? And w- once I got Rand Fishkin in, um, then all the other experts came along because I mentioned his name in the email. So that, that w- worked really well. So when I sent an email to other experts, they never heard, they never heard from me before because they didn't know me. But because I said um, I'm working with Rand Fishkin, suddenly uh, they were interested. They said, okay, if Rand Fishkin is doing it, they must be good. And then they went to him and they said, is it true that this Luca has uh, reached out to you for this research? <laughs> and he said, <laughs> And he said, "Yeah, yeah, it's it's happening. So you need to you need to answer <laughs> the questions. He's going to write the research." Um, and they came back to me and said, "Okay, I checked with Rand. Okay, yeah, you are a legitimate person. Fine." So basically, I used his authority and his uh, fact that he's famous in the space to be able to to get other people to answer because finding the data is the most difficult part of it. Uh, writing is easy, but finding the data is really really hard. Uh, some people do it uh, using, uh, you know, uh, systems like similar web or whatever. I I I I ask people for help, and uh, that's that's my methodology. It doesn't have to be like this for everyone, but yeah. By the way, I can share how I reached out to Neil Pato and got oh, did you? reply. Yeah. Did you uh, reply? Uh, we recorded a podcast episode uh, with him, oh, yes. so I have this episode. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. If, if you reach out to Neil Patel, it's hard. It's really, really hard to get reply if you are not Elon Musk or anybody else. Oh, like yeah. this. 
but it's possible it's possible and uh, what i did i commented a lot on his videos on youtube i commented on uh, his linkedin posts uh, uh, i don't remember exactly how many times i commented on his post and that was not like thank you great stuff no way i just uh, added extra value um, no, uh, you can kill two birds with one stone uh, because, for example, if you comment on his post, you can um, get his audience as well. Because if you help them, if you uh, share extra value, people want more value and they can follow you, subscribe to your channel. Uh, and the second, you can invite like new battle uh, to, to take part on your um uh, podcast uh, or any other stuff so yeah it's hard it's hard but it's possible uh, and um, I, once I've learned from uh, even uh, you know I don't remember exactly the guy no? name uh, and he invited Tim Ferris, Mark Cuban uh, I don't know many other uh, Gary Vee many other recognizable experts on his podcast and as I asked him Please tell me. It's interesting now how to invite such big names. And he told me uh, you need to give a solid reason. A solid reason why uh, you uh, why they can get benefits uh, to record podcasts uh, with you or uh, to create any cohesive content because uh, these people uh, uh, can reply, but you need to find a strong reason why. It's all about why the offer. You need to make a very no-brainer offer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with Neil Patel, I just earned his attention by commenting a lot. Uh, and yeah, of course, I told him, uh, let's uh, record a podcast episode. We will we'll get a huge audience. And yeah, we did it. That was great. You know, he replied to many questions. Uh, uh, yeah, we got a lot of uh, views, listens, downloads, comments, anything. Yeah, about that. So yeah, just uh, it takes time. It takes time to reach out to big fish, but yeah, it's possible. Uh, Luca, I have the final question to you. Uh, let's imagine you have no experience, knowledge, skills, anything. You started from scratch today. What will you do to learn more about UX and SEO? Build your own website. That's my favorite experience. Because yeah. when, when you build your own website, you can experiment a lot of things. You, you know exactly what works, what doesn't. And yeah. uh, also you can show it to employers, to clients. You can see, you can show the results. Um, and, and yeah, so that, that's my answer. I, I, I love this tip. You know, you know why? Because uh, I often ask this question and if the reply you need to learn by heart, by reading blog posts, SEO courses, anything. But you know, it's like, for example, if I read 100 books, how to play soccer, I will never beat Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. So yeah, because these guys prefer to hit the ball 100 times uh, than uh, to read uh, a book, you know. They prefer to hit this ball 10,000 times, you know, uh, because practice makes miracles, nothing else. So if you build your website, you can learn through experience. Many. Uh, skills uh, are obsolete in one day, but if you have practice, you can find something that actually works for you. By the way, why Italy doesn't play in the World Cup? No, uh, no Italy, let's not talk about it. it <laughs> Italy <laughs> didn't qualify, unfortunately. Uh, we, we, we were able to win the European Cup last year, 
mm-hmm. but then during the World Cup qualifying, we lost against Ma- Macedonia, which is a country. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a country until Italy <laughs> lost against Macedonia. Um, in Italy, we were playing in Italy and we lost 2-0. Um, mm-hmm. we didn't qualify, yeah. So now I have to support uh, England. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, I know that Ukraine he, uh, doesn't play a lot in World Cups, like uh, we did it just one time, but Italy, yeah, I, I always <laughs> see Italy, but it's the first time when uh, they don't play. From my experience, I don't know, probably it happened. Yeah, Italy before. is actually the second time it doesn't play because in 2018 they didn't qualify either. It's really mm. bad, really bad. Having yeah. a World Cup without Italy, it's like one of the biggest teams, like Brazil, Germany, you know, Spain. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah Italy yeah. won many times World Cup, so yeah, yeah. Uh, like three or four times, a, a lot. Yeah, four yeah. times. Four times, yeah, nice, nice. Luca, it's a big pleasure to get on the show to learn from you. Uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Right, so if you want to follow me more, you can go on my LinkedIn profile, Luca Tagliaferro, or you can go to my blog, lucataliaferro.com, and that's the easiest way to reach me. Mm-hmm. Guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime back to share more valuable insights. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Guys, you need, you need to follow Luca because you can see a lot of value you can learn a lot from him just reach out to him and learn more more because if you learn just implement as we mentioned without implementation execution uh it's hard to go ahead yeah so you can get ideas and implement okay guys love you see you thanks for listening to this entire podcast please rank your experience in apple spotify google or any other platforms that you may use Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.